Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. And we got a special treat for you guys today. USF football coach Jeff Scott is going to join us. How good did it feel to have players back on campus on Wednesday? How will the quarterback competition play out with no spring reps? And what impact did the Unity March, organized by cornerback K.J. Sales, have on the team and its coaching staff? We'll discuss all that and more with USF coach Jeff Scott on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with USF beat writer Joey Knight and producer Steve Versnick. Hey, folks, we're going to have our mailbag segment tomorrow. Get your questions ready. You can send that to us anytime. The way you do it is hit us up on Twitter at SportsDayTB. At SportsDayTB, you can reach me on Twitter at NFL Stroud, or my email address is rstroud at tampabay.com. All right, it's uh, our pleasure to have USF coach Jeff Scott with us today. And, uh, Coach, I know this was a, kind of a day you've been waiting for with all that's going on. Had some players in the building for a change, right? Yeah, it was great to uh, have them. They were actually back on uh, the practice field, so we didn't let them in the building uh, quite yet. But, yeah, it was great to, to have them back here uh, on campus, you know, something we've been looking forward to over the last 12 weeks. I think it was uh, 97 days uh, since they left uh, campus. So all of them were very anxious to, to get back and uh, feel like they had a really good uh, day one. Jeff, you indicated – uh, 80 of your kids have been tested so far and zero tested positive for the COVID-19, which is obviously very good news. You also mentioned that you had some kids coming in from some places that are considered to be kind of coronavirus hotspots that you guys are having to quarantine just as a precaution. What's the deal with those guys? Would they just stay in their dorm or apartments and y'all will get food to them? Or how will that work for this quarantine period? Yeah, you know, we're asking them to uh, stay in their apartments and, um, you know, limited uh, travel as far as leaving their apartments. Um, you know, it's, it's not a situation where they have to, to stay in their room with the, with the door closed. It's just a situation where we're trying to get them to uh, have some really good awareness of uh, really trying not to, to go out and, and be with other people and uh, really just kind of stay at their apartment as home base uh, here for the next uh, 14 days. And obviously with all the different uh, food delivery uh, options that are out there, uh, they have opportunity to, to uh, you know, order some food in. And then, you know, if we uh, need to, we have a staff that can, can help them with that. Uh, but, you know, it's just kind of part of this uh, new normal that we're all experiencing. And, you know, right now it's not quite a, as big of a deal because, you know, we're in June. Uh, I think as players and coaches, uh, if we get in a situation where we have to do this in the fall, like very well could happen, then, you know, that obviously would be a, a whole nother level of uh, uh, inconvenience, you know, when you have to miss practices and potentially games. Um, but it's something I think that we're just kind of uh, getting our feet wet, if you will, uh, with some of these uh, new procedures and policies and, you know, the 
the best case scenario are things continue to uh, get better and we're able to, to maybe move past uh, some of this later on in the fall. It's, we're taping this on June 10th, a Wednesday. You know, if things go, continue to go smoothly in a positive direction regarding this COVID-19, Jeff, what do you envision you guys being able to do a month from now, July 10th? Yeah, so, you know, we just, uh, we're, we're having a lot of conversations with uh, our conference office and with the other head coaches uh, in our league. And, and we have uh, people that are communicating uh, with the, some of the NCA committees. And so, you know, I think what we envision right now is uh, whenever we get back in July, uh, that we'll move from voluntary workouts uh, to what we call summer access, which is really uh, what we've been doing uh, in the summer for the last few years. It's still the same amount of time that the guys can work out. The biggest difference is it becomes required workouts. And, and also our coaching staff will, will be able to be involved in, you know, putting the guys through some drills and, and things very similar to what we did uh, before spring practice. So uh, I would imagine uh, that we'd get a chance to do that for maybe two weeks in July. And then maybe the last two weeks of July, there's some proposals out there where we'll be able to do something that we've never been able to do in the summer, uh, which would be to have a 20-hour week uh, like we're able to have with our guys uh, during the fall where we would get uh, maybe up to one hour of meeting uh, in person with them and then potentially one hour on the field uh, and some walkthroughs uh, per day. Uh, so that would, that would definitely uh, be beneficial uh, for everybody for the time that we missed with spring practice. And uh, I know those committees are, are meeting on it, and I, I'm sure maybe here in the next week or so uh, they'll put out the, the document with kind of their final plan. But, you know, internally we're, we're kind of making plans as a staff, uh, expecting that to, to be the plan uh, moving forward in July. Jeff, you've got a, a younger brother who is a doctor in Michigan now, I believe. Name's John. Right. Probably has a higher IQ than the combined IQ of these Hosts of these podcasts combined, has he been able to give you any direction? Um, just uh, he's kind of on the front lines of this battle. Has he been able to kind of give you any direction in terms of working with a large group? Um, you know, a large group of people during during these unprecedented times. Yeah, you know, I have communicated uh, with my brother John. I, I'm, I'm very uh, proud of him. You know. I, Many years ago, I was the uh, son that decided I was just going to go, you know, be the football coach. And John was the one that was going to go off to Harvard and, and uh, become <laughs> a doctor one day. And so he's a, uh, at 37 years old, he just uh, got his first full-time job uh, this past uh, year. So we're, we're very excited for him. It's been a, it's been a long road. And uh, I, I tell people all the time that, you know, what I do for a living, sometimes people on Saturdays think that it's life and death, but it's not. And uh, what my brother does for a living truly is life and death. And uh, he, he's one of the few people that I know that has maybe even a, uh, a busier uh, weekly schedule uh, than we have as college coaches. But, yeah, it, it has been unique. I've been able to have some good conversations uh, with my brother. He has access to, you know, an entirely, uh, you know, different um, – maybe network of doctors and really leaders all over the country that are, you know, have been working through this. And so I think, especially maybe the first month, it was really important for me to kind of get an idea of exactly what was going on. And uh, I think the optimism uh, that maybe I share that a lot of us share uh, part of that's coming from my conversations 
uh, with my brother and just looking at the overall numbers and it looks like everything's trending in, in the right direction. Um, but, you know, it, we're definitely not out of the woods yet, uh, but yeah. I think there's a lot of uh, optimism that, you know, that it's kind of slowly, um, you know, slowing down, if you will, as far as how contagious and, and how, uh, you know, traumatic uh, it can be for people that are, are showing symptoms. So there's definitely been some good conversations, uh, but, you know, I would say uh, I understand maybe 30% of what he says. I have to tell him to slow down because <laughs> he uses uh, words that I can't spell and I don't know what they mean. I have to tell him, give me the football coach's version of what you just said. But uh, it, it definitely has been some good correspondence. Speaking of family, your dad, and um, he'll hate to admit this, he's in that more vulnerable age bracket. Uh, he's your chief of staff. Is he able to come into the office and still do what he needs to do? Yeah, that, that was an interesting conversation that I, I had to have with my dad as we were looking at our staff and, and figuring out a plan for, you know, the majority of our staff is able to come back, uh, you know, two days a week. Right now we have our, our defensive staff and some other selected staff that comes in on Mondays and Wednesdays. Our offensive staff and some other uh, selected recruiting and administrative staff comes in on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And, uh, and then there's just about two or three people that come in on Friday. So right now we have him uh, able to get in here on Fridays uh, so mm -hmm. he can kind of get in his office and, and, and get ready for the freshmen that are coming in on July 1st. Uh, so, so right now that's, uh, you know, he's very anxious and, and obviously wants to be up here right in the middle of everything. Uh, but we're definitely uh, taking some precautions uh, just because of uh, maybe his age and, and the bracket that he's in right now. But, uh, he's been doing uh, very well and uh, has been able to stay connected with us uh, from home uh, since we've been in the office. Coach, this was either the best or worst year to become a first-time head coach. I mean, with all that you've had to deal with, obviously, uh, coronavirus notwithstanding, um, also with, with what's going on in this country, what have you learned uh, about, uh, about yourself, about your team, just in this time and going through these trials? Yeah, it has been a, a very interesting spring, to say the least. I mean, I, uh, you know, I've, I've been thinking a lot about uh, what it was going to be like in my first year as being a head coach, probably for the last uh, three or four years, uh, whenever that possibility started, uh, you know, looking like I was going to have a chance in the future. But uh, the, these are some things that I'd never expected uh, that were going to happen. The one thing that I probably uh, learned is, um, you know, to take everything one day at a time and not try to, you know, I, I'm, I'm a, a planner by nature. I like to have a 13-month calendar and I like to have everything laid out and uh, everybody know what we're doing two months from now. And uh, this has really challenged that. You know, I'm not sure that we know what we're doing next Wednesday. And uh, so I, I've learned to kind of be patient and even though, you know, it's obviously good to have some plans for the future, but really just kind of take it day by day and uh, be patient. I've also learned that some of the things that we as coaches think you absolutely have to do, we're finding out that you really don't have to do it. And, and there is a way to, uh, to work around some of the maybe things that in the past recruiting wise and, and also, you know, time on the field with spring ball. Uh, you know, it, it, if you would have told me six months ago that, you know, my first year as a head coach, we weren't going to have spring practice. And uh, I was thinking about it the other day when our guys put pads on in August, it'll be the first time that our, any of our players have put on pads, you know, since uh, November of, of last year. 
And uh, so, you know, I've just learned uh, maybe to kind of take it all in and uh, maybe the importance of communication uh, through all of this, I think, has, has been a, a key, uh, communicating with our staff uh, and communicating with our players, just trying to keep everybody updated and, and, and lead from a, a positive viewpoint and a positive perspective. Uh, even though we could sit here all day long and write down, you know, all the, the negative impacts of this uh, really uh, been uh, seeing the importance of, of leading from a, a positive perspective and, and attitude and mindset. And um, then the last thing I would say is I've learned a lot uh, from our team and from the leadership here at the university. You know, anytime that you face some challenging times like we're in now, uh, then, you know, that leadership, uh, whether you have it or you don't, exposes itself. And uh, I've been very pleased with what I've seen uh, from the leadership, uh, from our president, Dr. Corral, to our uh, athletic director, Michael Kelly, and his cabinet, and all the people that work here uh, in the Leroy Selman Athletic Center. It's been incredible to watch them communicate, watch them make decisions and plan. And it's given me a comfort level that I made the right decision and chose to come work with some some great people that uh, can make things happen when you're going through difficult times. And then I've learned a lot about our team in our locker room, uh, being able to see them, how they've responded to this time. And, and um, you know, I think for, for me, it's, uh, you know, you just think, hey, this year is going to be different and you have to have an open mindset uh, to that and, and uh, just be willing to take whatever happens and, and find a way uh, to make adjustments uh, for our team to, to have the most successful season that we possibly can here in year one. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Jeff, you got to, you know, when we finally do get to actual football and, and normalcy, you've got a very interesting quarterback competition on your hands. Could be very intense. And it's made all the more unique because none of those guys got any reps in the spring, obviously. You're going to have to make a decision at some point, and it's, uh, you know, at some point you're going to have to give the guy you deem the starter the majority of the reps just to get him ready to, to go play Texas. So how is that going to work out, having such a large quarterback room, um, you know, a bunch of guys who are capable, and then having just to make sure they all get adequate reps, you know, f- for you to make yeah. a decision? Sure. There, there's no doubt that that's uh, going to be a challenge. It's not an ideal setup. When I think back maybe over the last uh, six years, uh, my experience at Clemson, whenever we had quarterback competitions, I can remember when Deshaun Watson came in as a freshman in January, and he was competing with a uh, veteran, Cole Stout. And that competition went through the entire spring, all spring practice, went through the summer, went all the way through fall camp. And then it ended up, you know, being around week three or week four before, you know, we were really able to make a firm decision. And then more recently with Trevor Lawrence coming in as a January enrollee as a freshman and uh, competing with Kelly Bryant, who was a returning uh, veteran player that had started the year before. And again, we had all spring, all summer, all fall camp. And that one went into to week four. 
And uh, so it was definitely going to create some challenge. But, you know, the, the biggest thing for me and what I've learned going through uh, some – those were very high-profile uh, quarterback uh, competitions, if you will, with very talented players. I think we find ourselves in a similar situation here. I feel like uh, that we've really uh, upgraded our quarterback room from top to bottom. And uh, I'm really excited about the guys that are going to compete and I think for me, I've talked to uh, Coach Weiss and I have had some uh, long discussions about that this summer, uh, just kind of since we've gotten back to the office. And you know, I think the biggest thing uh, is going to be communicating well with the guys, uh, you know, daily on, on where they are. And then I think we're going to have to do a great job of, you know, uh, you know, keeping good stats and, and uh, being able anytime that we do have pass scale and, and, and uh, team reps and all those type of things, just trying to keep us – detailed as records as we can and you know ultimately what's going to have happen is uh, you know you're going to pick who you feel like gives the team the best chance to win give them an opportunity to go out and play and then you know you kind of kind of go from there and just let it happen probably the biggest thing that I I learned from from my time with coach Sweeney is you know don't make a decision based on what you think is going to happen go ahead and let it happen naturally because I think that's when you know, the team and everybody respects it the most. Obviously, there's going to be, uh, you know, a couple of guys, we're going to be one guy that's really happy and one uh, set of parents uh, that are really happy. And then there's going to be several other uh, young men and parents that are disappointed. Uh, but at least if everybody uh, knows that you've communicated with them uh, on your expectations and you've been very transparent uh, with the results in practice, and then at some point, you know, one person earns an opportunity to go out and, and start and, and maybe how they do will dictate, you know, the reps moving forward. And, you know, my message to our team is, yes, there's no doubt the quarterback position is a high-profile position. Uh, but at the end of the day, we're going to try to treat that position very similar to our starting left tackle and our starting right tackle. You know, and, and the competition we have in practice is going to decide who gets to run out there first. Uh, but it's not a lifetime contract, you know, just because they, you know, are the starter going into the Texas game doesn't mean they're going to be starting the next week. I mean, you, you have to, to produce and use uh, the reps that you get and, and make them count. And, you know, the biggest thing overall that I want to be sure that we instill in year one with this team is a uh, making sure our players understand how to compete uh, and how to uh, that everything that they do matters. Uh, on the field and, and off the field, and then when you get your opportunity, you got to be ready and you got to make it count. And I, I think there can be uh, something very positive that comes from that. Uh, but there's no doubt it's not an ideal situation. Uh, and, and on top of all of that, they're also going to be learning, you know, our system for the first time. So it will be unique. Uh, but you know, I think we're going to end up still kicking it off on September 5th. You know, they're, they're not going to be worried about us in our quarterback situation. So. Uh, the good thing that I do know is I, I feel very comfortable uh, with the talent that we have in that room. And then I also feel uh, very comfortable uh, with the character of the young men that are in that room. And uh, so I think as long as we communicate uh, daily with these guys uh, that, you know, we'll, we'll work through the process as best as we can uh, to find out who's going to run out there uh, for the first stop on uh, September 5th. One other thing I wanted to ask you before we um... – before we close out talking about last Saturday, uh, you you and your staff have tapped into the transfer portal pretty effectively. And I think everyone agrees that's kind of out of necessity this year. You had some holes to fill. That's no secret. 
But I imagine, first of all, I want to ask you how you feel about the, uh, in general, about the, the transfer guys and the graduate transfers you brought in. And I imagine going forward, you're going to be all about player development through recruiting and developing those guys, if I know you and your time with Clemson. Sure. Yeah, this was uh, definitely new for me. Uh, it's been well documented. I've said it before in the 12 years that I spent at Clemson with Coach Sweeney. Uh, I don't believe that we brought in one uh, scholarship transfer in those 12 years. So, uh, But, you know, each school and each situation is different and unique. And I think for me, you know, my uh, number one uh, priority is being sure that I'm fair to our football team and to our program to give us the best chance to, to compete and have success on Saturday. Anytime that you've had turnover, uh, and it's not just the, the one transition. You know, there's a, a uh, you know, every three years, it seems like there's been a new coach. So you have new coach, you have new systems. And, uh, and I know even here uh, under Coach Strong, they had a, a new offensive coordinator uh, last year. And so there's new systems and new guys that come in. I think the, Biggest thing for us as a staff, we wanted to evaluate what we have on our roster now from a numbers perspective. I mean, some of it, most of it was purely, you know, looking at, hey, we only have, uh, you know, two quarterbacks that have played at all. Uh, so we, we need to bring in somebody else that has played uh, to go along with the freshmen that we're going to be bringing in so we can have some experience. And, and same thing at the uh, tight end position. That was something we felt like. Uh, we didn't have as many guys that have played meaningful snaps, and we wanted to, you know, it, it's a long year. And, uh, you know, what, what you have, your depth chart going into the first game, it, it's probably not going to look like that game four uh, once you add injuries and all those things. And then uh, on the defensive line, we felt like, well, we needed to address uh, some uh, meaningful experience, some guys that have meaningful experience and, and reps there, and then at the linebacker position as well. Those were kind of some of the the highlights, uh, and then also uh, wanted to bring in a, an experienced kicker that we felt like could compete with the guys that we have on the roster here. You know, uh, philosophy-wise, I, I would love uh, if we're able to uh, sign a very talented class. I feel like we're off to a really good start with the 21 class. And, and just like you said, I, I believe in developing the guys that you have on your roster. Uh, but, you know, also uh, I don't want to be blind to – to maybe uh, our position of where we are. Uh, and we're, we're located uh, here in Tampa where there's a lot of talented guys in Florida that maybe leave the state. And, and for whatever reason, uh, different reasons, they, they may want to come home at some point. You look at Darian Felix, a running back, coming back to this area from Oregon. And so, you know, I want to be open to that as long as they, you know, check the boxes that really we require uh, for the guys that we're going to bring in our program. And so I think you'll probably see uh, maybe a couple of each year potentially, but probably not to the uh, magnitude of what we're doing here in year one. And I wanted to close with this. Uh, I, was, I was privileged to be able to cover that procession last Saturday uh, from downtown Tampa to, to Central Avenue that was organized by one of your players, senior KJ Sales. Uh, you know, we've seen and I'm sure you've seen uh, a lot of protests around the country get very political. Some of them get very anti-police. This was none of that. This was just a quiet, a literally a quiet walk about a half mile to KJ's old church. And it was just a cry out for equality and for healing for our country. And it was far more moving than I, I envisioned, Jeff. Um, I just want to know. 
how, what you came away with it, how, how it changed you. Cause I think anyone who was yeah. a part of it came away a little bit changed. Uh, there's no question. I mean, that, that's one of the most uh, powerful things that I've had the opportunity to, to be involved with. And, you know, when, you know, for me, it was kind of the, uh, the, the, the ending to a very tough and challenging week uh, for our players. I mean, starting from Monday morning, the team meeting that we had and just the, the emotions and, and things that were shared within that to, to after that meeting, we split up into position groups and, and let uh, each of the young men have a chance to really share with their teammates and their coaches of how they were feeling. And, and really the thing that I challenged them that, hey, number one, it's an opportunity for us as coaches and, and teammates to, to listen and to, to be educated on, on some of the, the uh, issues that you guys have been facing in your past. And uh, it was definitely a, a very uh, educational process for me. And then, you know, the, the next piece of it uh, that, that came from our really within our leadership council, uh, we actually had our first meeting with our bull council, which is made up of 17 uh, members on our team, uh, maybe a, uh, two one to two guys from each position that maybe the coaching staff looks not they don't all they're not all seniors we have some juniors and a few sophomores that are part of that and so we met on Wednesday morning uh, as a leadership uh, group and really wanted to talk about each of the position what was talked about in the position meetings and kind of what the vibe and, and thoughts were of our team and then that conversation turned into you know how can we take some action and, and really uh, in a positive way and be a positive example. I mean, I think that a, uh, a football team, it, it can be a great example of, you know, young men from different backgrounds, different races, uh, you know, different uh, neighborhoods coming together and putting their arms around each other and truly loving each other and, and uh, having very, very close family-type relationships. And I think it, it can be a great example uh, for – you know, our community and for, you know, our country. And so I think that was really what was coming out of, of this leadership meeting and, and KJ on his own. Uh, it wasn't about three, four hours later, he called me and he was leaving uh, downtown Tampa. He'd already walked uh, the route and, and, and he uh, kind of shared his vision. And, and I thought that was awesome. Uh, you know, it'd be one thing if, you know, the coaches or administrators tried to set something up for the guys. Uh, but whenever it truly was, is student led, you know, there's power in that. And, um, you know, I, I didn't really know what to expect. I was, I, I talked to KJ several times. I said, Hey, I, our athletic director's coming. We got a lot of people coming. I just want to know exactly, you know, what we're, we're signing up for. And, you know, his message to me was, you know, coach, this is, uh, you know, going to be a great opportunity for us to show uh, the unity uh, that we have uh, with so many people here in this area. And, and it really a cry out that we can do better. Um, you know, through, you know, being united and loving one another. And, uh, and so I, uh, we went out on, on faith and it was, you know, 10 times anything that I could have imagined that it would be. And uh, for me also as a coach to see, you know, it definitely was not mandatory whatsoever. I told our coaching staff and our team that it was 100% voluntary and there was not going to be any role taken or anything like that. And, you know, getting there early and just seeing all the guys that were showing up. And then for us, it was the first time as coaches and players that we'd seen each other in 12 weeks. And so, you know, after being away from each other for that long and then to see each other, you know, uh, right there for the reason that we were together, uh, it was really, really powerful, really moving. 
And, you know, I got in my car, you know, after, after leaving that and uh, I just felt so much uh, relief and uh, maybe there was a, a strong sense of pride of, uh, you know, what, you know, the young men on our team are doing right now uh, for this problem uh, that, that, that everyone's facing with the racial injustice. And then also on top of that, of, of maybe seeing our team come together in a way that maybe uh, they haven't experienced in the last two years. And, you know, I believe that the best, uh, best teams are led from within. You know, if, if a coach is the only guy that's leading the team, you know, that, that's going to be a very average team. But when, when a team is led from within the locker room and you have that leadership group that truly is taking ownership of the team, then, then watch out. And, and that's what I've seen in my experience of my time at Clemson. And, um, you know, I probably, if you had asked me in January, I probably would have told you that I was hoping, you know, by year two that we may be able to get there. And to see that right there on the streets uh, downtown on Saturday, you know, was um, really powerful and, and moving for me. Great catching up with Coach Scott. I'll tell you, uh, this has been a heck of a first year for him, especially in the off season. I'm not sure that anyone could have anticipated uh, all that has happened, but uh, this football team will be stronger, I'm sure, as a result of it. And as he mentioned earlier, the leadership is already coming through. Hey, tomorrow we're going to have our mailbag segment. You can get your questions in now if you would like to. You can do that by submitting them to us on Twitter. At SportsDayTV is our Twitter handle. You can reach me on Twitter at NFL Stroud. Or you can email those questions uh, to me at uh, rstroud at tampabay.com. For Steve Versnick and Joey Knight, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 